We are united behind our president, George W. Bush, behind our country, behind the effort to seek justice, not revenge, to make sure this can never, ever happen again, and to make sure that we have the strongest unity in America that we have ever had. That's what I'm hearing in Iowa. I see it and hear it and feel it in every community that I have visited. Regardless of party, regardless of ideology, regardless of religion or race or ethnicity, there are no divisions in this country where our response to the war on terrorism is concerned. We are united. George W. Bush is my commander-in-chief. This country is more united than at any time I can remember in my whole lifetime. That was former Vice President Al Gore speaking to Iowa Democrats September 29, 2001, a few weeks after the 9-11 terror attacks. Al Gore was making his first political appearance since losing the 2000 presidential election to George W. Bush. People wonder when or if we'll hear that kind of language from our country's political leaders again. Here at C-SPAN's The Weekly, we don't predict the future, but we do search the past using the C-SPAN video library. Six years after Al Gore's Iowa speech, the man he lost the presidency to, George W. Bush, was addressing Congress. Republican President Bush began his January 23, 2007 State of the Union address by honoring a milestone achieved by the House of Representatives' top Democrat. Members of Congress, I have the high privilege and the distinct honor of presenting to you the President of the United States. Thank you very much. And tonight I have the high privilege and distinct honor of my own as the first president to begin the State of the Union message with these words, Madam Speaker. Congressman Thomas D'Alessandro Jr. from Baltimore, Maryland, saw Presidents Roosevelt and Truman at this rostrum. But nothing could compare with the sight of his only daughter, Nancy, presiding tonight as Speaker of the House of Representatives. Congratulations, Madam Speaker. That was President Bush saluting Speaker Pelosi on her way in. Two decades before that, during another State of the Union address, another Republican president led cheers for another Democratic speaker, Tip O'Neill, this time on his way out. Here's how President Ronald Reagan began his 1986 speech to Congress. Mr. Speaker, before I begin my prepared remarks, may I point out 
that tonight marks the tenth and last State of the Union message that you've presided over. And on behalf of the American people, I want to salute you for your service to Congress and country. Here's to you. Let's go back even further for even more bipartisan cheers in Congress. This time, a lighthearted, quirky moment in the midst of big history. Ronald Reagan was elected president in 1980 when he defeated President Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter's running mate was Walter Mondale. Because Walter Mondale was a sitting vice president in 1980, he also presided over the U.S. Senate. One of his last official duties as both vice president of the United States and president of the Senate was to read the results of the 1980 presidential race, which his ticket lost. Listen to how Walter Mondale handles announcing his own electoral defeat on January 6, 1981, standing in front of the House of Representatives, next to Speaker Tip O'Neill. The state of the vote for President of the United States is as follows. The whole number of electors appointed to vote for the President of the United States is 538, of which a majority is 270. Ronald Reagan of the state of California has received for President of the United States 489 votes. Jimmy Carter of the state of Georgia has received 49 votes. The state of the vote for Vice President of the United States is as follows. The whole number of electors appointed to vote for Vice President of the United States is 538, of which a majority is 270. George Bush of the state of Texas has received for Vice President of the United States 489 votes. Walter F. Mondale of the state of Minnesota has received 49 votes. Walter Mondale laughed and joked to Speaker Tip O'Neill, a landslide. In 2016, another bipartisan chuckle for another Democratic vice president presiding over the U.S. Senate and on his way out. Joe Biden was ending two terms as President Barack Obama's vice president and therefore his eight years as president of the Senate. On December 7, 2016, the U.S. Senate paid tribute to Vice President Biden who served for decades as a Democratic senator from Delaware. Among those with kind words about Joe Biden, Republican Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Look for the good. Don't attack motives. It's the basis of a simple philosophy and a very powerful one. Vice President Biden says his views, he views his competitors as competitors, not enemies. And he's been able to cultivate many unlikely friendships across the aisle with Jesse Helms, with Strom Thurmond, with me. (laughs) Over the years, we've worked together on issues of mutual interest, like Burma, 
And regarding the vote we just took a few moments ago, 21st Century Cures and the Cancer Moonshot. We've also negotiated in good faith when the country needed bipartisan leadership. We got results that would not have been possible without a negotiating partner like Joe Biden. Obviously, I don't always agree with him, but I do trust him implicitly. He doesn't break his word. He doesn't waste time telling me why I'm wrong. He gets down to brass tacks, and he keeps in sight the stakes. There's a reason get Joe on the phone is shorthand for time to get serious in my office. The vice president is a likable guy, too. He's got a well-developed sense of humor. He doesn't take himself too seriously, either. When The Onion ran a mock photo of him washing a Trans Am in the White House driveway, shirtless, America embraced it. <clears throat> and so did he. <clears throat> I think it's hilarious, he said. But by the way, I have a Corvette, a 67 Corvette, not a Trans Am. <clears throat> so you see what I mean. Returning to the political aftermath of 9-11, Tim Romer was a member of the 9-11 Commission that investigated the terror attacks on the United States. From 2005, here's Tim Romer, a former member of Congress, Democrat from Indiana, discussing the 9-11 report. I can't say it better than our report says it. Uh, I want to quote a couple sentences from the 9-11 Commission. We have come together with a unity of purpose because our nation demands it. September 11, 2001 was a day of unprecedented shock and suffering in the United States. The nation was unprepared. How did this happen and how can we avoid such a tragedy again? Let's continue to work together with that unity of purpose and unity of effort. Thank you. Perhaps the most famous example of political unity in modern times happened on September 11, 2001. We'll end with members of Congress from both parties on the Capitol steps that night. After a moment of silence, they ended by breaking out into spontaneous bipartisan song. You okay? Reminder, you can do your own searching in C-SPAN's video library for examples of unity and bipartisanship among America's political leaders. Just go to cspan.org and use the search bar. It's free and no registration. Thank you for listening to C-SPAN's The Weekly. Happy searching. <laughs>